Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Locker Room. I'm your host, Tommy Tellerino. Alongside me today is my great co-host, the one and only Jordan Navarro. Jordan, it's great to see you again. You know, it's, it's good to be back. Baseball season started. Life is good. You know, we took the series off you guys to, on opening uh, in the opening series at Yankee Stadium. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, I bet it was. I mean, fans up here in upstate New York were acting like they just won their 28th ring. Oh, my God. I had to hear about it nonstop over the weekend. But, uh, yeah, it was a great series. You guys came out strong, especially Anthony Rizzo. You know, that's – I. Even though he's a Yankee, I, I can't hate that man. That, that man's great for baseball. But, former Red Sox. Former Red Sox legend, Anthony Rizzo. Mm, mm, yeah. But with that said, although baseball has started, so has the NBA playoffs. We Shout out to Minnesota, baby. Shout out to Minnesota. In the playoffs again, baby. Dude, I've never seen an NBA championship won in April. Hey, Pat Bev's talking a lot of smack to Memphis. I um, I was watching the NBA like or post game show, and they were playing "We Are the Champions" after uh, <laughs> after they won won and celebrating. That that would, that got me cracking up a little bit. But we'll get into that Minnesota Clippers game later. Let's start out. Regular season's over. That means we get the awards coming out soon. Let's get to these awards. First off, Coach of the Year. Who you got? Well, looking at the odds, Tommy, the, the person that's going to win this, it's probably going to be Monty Williams. He's at minus 2,000 right now. I think most bets closed at minus 1,500. It's his award to lose. Uh, you know, Phoenix had a great season. They missed Chris Paul for a decent amount in the second half. They still ran through everybody, you know, second best defense probably behind the Celtics right now. Like they're just an amazing team. But my coach of the year is Taylor Jenkins of Memphis. You look at what this roster is for Memphis and you have John Morant, who's a superstar. You know, we, we're going to talk about him in the top five, top 10 point guard conversations for the next decade, you know, but there's not a lot of star power outside of him. Now, I'm not saying the roster's bad. John Morant definitely didn't carry this team by any means necessary. He's just their primary guy. Jaron Jackson is a great player. Desmond Baines a really good player. Uh, Dylan Brooks does his job. Steven Adams does his job. They have a lot of good role players that understand what they're good at. But Taylor Jenkins, even without John Morant, when he was out with these injuries, he kept his team afloat. They had an amazing record without Jaw. And they're the two seed. I mean, you look at preseason predictions, right? You can go through every list. We, we could sit here for an hour and go through every single preseason prediction list. I guarantee you we don't find a single one that had Memphis as a top four seed, let alone the two seed. So to do this and to really, like, they kept pace with Phoenix most of the season, right? Like, they're eight games behind Phoenix. That's a lot. But at one point, I mean, they were neck and neck. So shout out to Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, I also have Taylor Jenkins, who I think should win this award. Do I think he's going to get it? Probably not because Monty Williams put up the most wins since 2017, I want to believe. 
but Taylor Jenkins did an amazing job with his team. You talked about how going into the year, you know, they weren't even supposed to be a top four team. They were supposed to make the playoffs, but the way they just dominated the West, really, we haven't seen that in Memphis since I think we think the grit and grind era was this good. I mean, grit and grind was okay, but they didn't have – there's something about this Memphis team. I think yeah. grit and grind Memphis, they embrace that edge, right? Like, yeah. okay, we're not fast. We're not that athletic. We're not, you know, going to shoot you out of the gym, but we're going to grind you down, grit and grind. This team, there's something about them, man. They play beautiful basketball. They, I think they – I want to say they were either second in assist. Uh, as a team, it may have been first. Actually, let me let me check that. They were sixth. They were sixth. Sixth most assists per game as a team. Everyone on this team can pass the ball. They're really good. They're a really good rebounding team. That like they just play such a good brand of basketball. They play it for the team. And like I said, Jaw's their primary guy, but it doesn't take John Morant scoring 50 for this team to win. He can have an off night and someone else like Desmond Bain will step up and score 30. Or Jaron Jackson will have a big game. And we've seen this team actually has a winning record without Ja. And it's not like, I don't know the exact numbers. It's not like a one or two game difference. It's a multiple game difference between wins and losses when he's not on the court. And I think, you know, that's really big for this award. How do you coach without your star player not on the court? Because that's what you look to, to get most of your points, to get those wins. And Monty Williams, yes, he didn't have Chris Paul on the court for six or eight weeks, somewhere around there. Yeah. But he still had Devin Booker. He still had DeAndre Ayton. He had a team that probably eight out of ten of those players were on the team last year when they went to the finals. And he has a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah. Bridges, you know. It's – I think, like you said – Um, Monty Williams is the favorite just because of the amount of wins he has this year, but Taylor Jenkins should be in that conversation right behind him. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. It's just absolutely insane to me that you look at preseason. It was like, I mean, I, I didn't think Memphis was going to the two seed for sure, but you know, I'd put him in like the same category as new Orleans, you know, if Zion was healthy, you know, I was like, okay, that will be your play in. Right, right there. They could get anywhere from like five to eight. That would be where I was thinking for Memphis and the same thing for the Pelicans, but for them to elevate themselves to that upper echelon where they're actual title contenders, will they beat Phoenix? I don't know. I don't know if they have enough star power. Cause I mean, you need multiple stars. I think Jaron Jackson can get there, but you know, he's had the injuries. It's kind of his first full season. He's having a great defensive season. He takes that offensive game to the next level next year. You know, they may make a run at the one seed. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they have all the necessary pieces to win, but it's it's incredible to see that they they brought themselves to this level. Yeah, and the thing that I worry about them is, you know, some of those young guys, when you make that deep playoff run, you don't know how they're going to perform. It's just how it is. We've never seen them in the playoffs before. Yeah, they made it last year, but it was a fast first-round exit. Yeah. But what I think is going to help them is – getting Steven Adams last or in the free agency period last year. I think he's going to step up big in the playoffs and become that kind of like on court coach for him. Cause he's made deep playoff runs before. And this team could definitely go make it out of the West. 
Yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely see it. They do have a, a pretty tough stretch because, well, we'll get into that once we do the bracket. But, you know, Minnesota in the first round, they're no slouches. That's the number one offense in points per game, so they can score. And, you know, Cat, it's tough to match up against Cat. They do have Jaron Jackson, but that's going to be the matchup to watch, I think. Yeah, and, you know, that Minnesota, Minnesota team, they – they just – it doesn't shock me that they made the play-in, but it's kind of like it's about time. You know, we've been waiting for for Cat and them to step up, and I think that John Morant and Anthony Edwards matchup, we could be seeing that for many years to come now. And it's an exciting matchup too, yeah. and they play so aggressive and so downhill. It'll be – that's going to be a really exciting round one matchup. I can't wait to see it. But – on to the next award. Jordan, what award do you want to do next? So we got most improved player. Um, you know, the odds say that Ja is probably going to win this. He's minus 833. Ja Morant, I, me and you were talking off camera. It's kind of weird to have Ja Morant in this because last year, you know, he was he's, – he's still Ja – like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I haven't seen him go from – like Jimmy Butler when he won the award, where he went from like 12 points to a 20-point-per-game score. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where, like, everyone thinks when they think most improved, right? But Ja really has elevated his game to where he's a bona fide superstar, and it's not just flashes anymore. He does it night in, night out. So I think that's why he's going to win it. But uh, for me personally, I have Darius, Darius Garland. Uh, you know, this Cleveland team, I made jokes about him all offseason signing Lori Markkinen, keeping Kevin Love, and then drafting Evan Mobley. You know, they had an all-seven-footer lineup, and it was just weird to see. And then Colin Sexton went down, and, you know, I was high on Darius Garland coming out of the draft. I thought he was a really good prospect, but I, I didn't imagine him getting to this level this quickly. I mean, the guy played 36 minutes a night, shot 46% from the field, 38 from three, 22 points a game, nine assists and is the go-to guy on this team and at what is he like six one you know he's he's kind of an undersized guard but he he's very efficient he's a really good scorer he's a really good passer and he's engine that makes that offense go and I think him and Evan Mobley are going to be a great combo for them for years to come yeah and Garland it was an all-star alternate I believe but the fact that he made an all-star team in his second year I want to say this is third. Third? That's for someone who was not expected to make that leap so quick. He's done a lot for that franchise in so little time. You know, we've seen, you know, since LeBron left the Cavs, they're the laughing stock of the league. It wasn't that long of a turnaround for this team. And I think part of Garland's success, I think a big part of it, was that trade for Rondo trading for Rondo, I think helped because he took Garland under his wing and showed him like, Hey, you need to do this different. Do you need to do this? And I think it's done really well for Garland. You know, you look at the team and it is kind of like prototypically built for a guard like Garland to have a great season. I mean, you have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley in the pick, uh, pick and roll, you know, that, you know, you couldn't really ask for two better players to run the pick and roll with really. And then you have Lori Markkinen, and you've got Kevin Love, these pick-and-pop specialists, these guys that sit in the corner that can hit threes. 
But at the same time, this team can get so much better. Like, it's tough having four seven-footers, especially when one of them is Laurie Marken. He had a an above-expectation season for me because I thought he was going to do terrible on Cleveland because I saw what it looked like when the ball got taken out of his hand and he wasn't a volume shooter on Chicago anymore. He looked awful. He doesn't play defense. He can't dribble. He can't pass. It's kind of the same thing still. He's just a little bit more efficient. You get rid of him, you get an actual small forward in there. You know, this team, there's so, this team could get so much better still when they don't have four centers. So I, I'm excited for that team just because I want them to lose the stigma of they can't do anything without LeBron because that's what it's been like for yeah. 20 years now. And I think this team can actually win a playoff series in the near future. I don't think it's happening this year just because, you know, losing that playing game last night. And then now if they do win, they're going to go, they're going to have to go into Miami. It's going to be tough for them, but years to come, that team's going to be scary. Just like Memphis. But you have a most improved player or are you, you I did, you know, this guy, he, um, the record for his team might not show it, but when you look at the numbers difference between last year and this year, and the production he's had, I think he has a case for it. He became a first-time all-star this year, and that man was DeJounte Murray. I mean, this man's been underappreciated for a while now in the NBA. He's been so good for San Antonio, but I think this is the first year where his numbers really shot up. So last year, he averaged about 15 points a game, five and a half assists, seven rebounds, and a steal. This year, he shot up to 21 points per game, two steals, nine nine assists, and eight rebounds. He's almost averaging a triple-double. And he's not shooting as great from three-point percentage, and he's shooting about 46 from the field. I just think this guy has done it all for San Antonio. Without him, they'd probably be looking like the Kings right now. I mean, this is their only bright spot on the team. And the fact that, like, they're in a play-in game, I think, is very shocking because we haven't been able to – we haven't been – we haven't seen this team do much since they gave up Kawhi Leonard. And DeJounte Murray has been putting on a great performance for him, and I think – the numbers speak for itself. That's a big improvement, not only in points, but his assists went dramatically up. Yeah, Murray is he's he's the perfect off guard. Like if you put him next to Luca, I feel like he'd fit. Like I feel like Dejounte Murray is what Tyrese Halliburton should strive to get to, just a better shooter. Uh, Murray, he's, he's great. He's, he's literally the embodiment of like a perfect teammate, right? He will guard the best perimeter player. He's a great passer. He's a willing and good rebounder, and he's going to give you some points. And I, I completely agree with you. He's been underappreciated. He's always had the defense, just the steals, num- the numbers are starting to match up a little bit. And just the, them putting the ball in his hands more and him staying healthy. He's had some injury concerns has, you know, allowed him to get these numbers, get the counting stats, if you will, just to show that he is this player. 
But, you know, you look at that that Spurs team, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Jacob Portal. I mean, that's, that is pretty much it on that team. They're all young, but they've already tried to move Portal. And then you've got, you know, three guards, Greg, you know, Mr. Popovich, Coach Pop. He can't be used to that. Three guards that are actually – like good shooters, you know what I mean? They're not shooting mid-range, they're shooting three. He hates three-pointers. He does hate them, but they're all good at it. And I think that team is in kind of a transitional period, but I think they have some pieces to build on. And if, you know, I hope they don't move Murray. I hope they don't decide to tear it down if Popovich retires. But if they do, I think they'll get a good a good trade package back for Murray and they'll be able to build something up there in, in San Antonio. I'll never bet against the Spurs organization. And I think what helps make his case too is that they traded Derek White halfway through the year. Yeah, I which, mean, they, they picked him. Yeah. And like that was his running mate. You know, they both played good together. Not, it didn't translate to a lot of wins for him, but we knew that, like, hey, these two guys, they're going to be good in the upcoming years. They're going to be solid players, maybe even both all stars. And the fact that he, they still ended up making the plan. I think that pat on the back for for Murray. I don't think anyone saw this coming, and I'm glad that uh, he's getting the recognition he deserves now. Sure. And talking about defense, talking about Dejounte Murray and the defense. Let's let's move to defensive player of the year. Uh, right now, it looks like to me that Marcus Smart is leading in the odds. Kind of surprising to me, but. The Celtics do have the number one defense. Uh, I think in the second half, I don't know if it's been season long, but he's at minus 250, so it's you know far from over, but he is the, the favorite right now. There is one notable exception on this list that I have for my defensive player of the year, but I'll read the other odds. Bam at plus 500, Michael Bridges at plus 600, Rudy at plus 900, Jaron Jackson at plus 900. My defensive player of the year, Tommy, is the alphabet. The Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I just don't see how you cannot pick him. Uh, Marcus Smart, all those guys I named, great defensive seasons. Michael Bridges, amazing defensive season. This guy, I know the Bucs kind of slid back. They got some championship hangover early in the season. But tell me a superstar in the league right now that does more than Giannis does. This guy on one leg. On one leg, Tommy played elite defense and carried that Bucks team. I mean, he does it all. He will guard the best player on the other team. He will score the most points in the game. He will have the single most impactful moment in any basketball game that you watch because he's that good. And this season, I feel like we're not giving him defensive player of the year just because we're tired of him. You know, it's Giannis hangover. But he still put up 1.4 blocks and 1.1 steals a game. So I I just I don't get it. He's he's as good as he's always been. It's not like his defense took a slide. You know, he's the same elite defender he was last year in the year before. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta agree with you with this one, with um Giannis being in at least in the conversation. I um, it kind of reminds me of how Jordan wasn't getting the MVP award like in the early '90s because like even even LeBron now yeah like, it's because like you know we've we've seen him play at this high level before 
you know, it's not it's not really an improvement. Mm-hmm. So, but like you said, he's doing it. He's basically their defensive anchor because Brooke Lopez was out, who was their yeah, big I mean, man he center. A, he played a yeah. lot of center this year as well. Yeah. And, you know, I look at this, some of like the defensive stats for um, Marcus Smart. He's not even, he's averaging almost two steals. It's 1.7, but he's not even averaging a block. And I think, I don't know Giannis is off the top of my head, but I believe they're better than that. I get that um, Smart is on the best defensive team in the league, but this isn't the best defensive team of the year award. It's the best defensive player award. You know what I mean? I um, I will admit that, you know, Giannis's defensive rating um, in the second half of the season has been kind of high. It's been a 113.7. Uh, Pre-All-Star break is 105.7, which was pretty good. But in November, it was a 97.2. So I don't know. You know, he has had to shoulder a lot more offensive responsibility down the stretch because, you know, they kind of working him into, into the playoffs. And, you know, we're getting ready to see Giannis drop 50 a game probably. So, uh, but, I mean, I can, I can see it. It's just I'm bringing him up in this conversation simply because he wasn't brought up in the odds. You know, Marcus yeah. Smart has had a great season. Michael Bridges has had a great season. Bam has had a phenomenal season. Like all the guys I mentioned, phenomenal seasons. Rudy Gobert, he's always on here because that's the only thing he's paid to do. And, you know, for $40 million a year, I hope that you're at least top five in the defensive player of the year odds. Did he really do it to an elite level this year, Rudy Gobert, compared to, compared to years prior? I mean, what do you I, – I don't know what you're asking me because that's all he does is play defense. I, I, I mean, <laughs> how can you quantify elite? Has, has, has people – have other people in the league played better defense than him? Well, I mean, he's fourth in the odds, so I, I feel like that. I know. I'm asking. Know. I'm asking your your opinion, oh, not I don't, not the I don't, odds. I don't watch Utah, so I couldn't tell you. I I stay away from Utah basketball mainly because of Rudy Gobert. Um, I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell <laughs> does too. He does not pass him the ball. Yeah, and I, we've seen offensive improvement, so that should tell you all you need to know. I know he made the comment like, "Well, if if." other players in the league had my averages for defense they'd be leading the race for defensive player of the year and i'm like yeah maybe probably it's just it's almost a meme at this point it's like we could give it to rudy gobert every season but take into account the the value of a player like michael bridges who hasn't missed a game in guards multiple positions, Rudy, yeah, if he gets switched in a pick and roll, can hold his own for maybe a play or two. You know what, Gobert? If you want to be defense player of the year every single season, I want you to go to the coach and say, I want to guard the point guard all game. I want to guard the forward all game. You do that, you play elite level defense on the perimeter, Is the award is yours. I mean, if you look at all the other players on the list, too, they guard multiple positions. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is probably not guarding centers, but he's guarding guards through power forwards. He's done it for many years now. 
Michael Bridges has done the same. He probably gets the biggest defensive assignment in the playoffs for Phoenix, at least this year. I don't know if he did last year. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then Giannis, we've seen what he can do against every position. I mean, the tape speaks for itself. (laughs) And then, bam, he's been the best defender on the team for the past three years probably, and he guards the point guard through center. He's undersized for a center, but he's still able to guard them. It's just when you just sit in the paint all game and that's all you need to do is get your little 7-9 wingspan up there, <laughs> I I just don't think that's number one for Defensive Player of the Year. But I mean, I, 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 I agree that Rudy is the most – we're talking one position. He's the most dominant defender at his position, center. But I feel like this award needs to evolve. The NBA is evolving. I feel like these awards have not evolved yet. Like defensive player of the year, it's usually highlighted with steals, blocks, and rebounds, right? Like that's usually the the criteria. We need to evolve that. What is the positional value for the award? It's kind of like MVP in football. Quarterbacks always win the award. Yeah. It's almost like centers always win defensive player of the year we haven't had a guard win it in like three decades it feels like i actually don't know the last guard that won it it might have been gary payton last year it was uh gobert right yeah and then the year before that it was, it was it, um well gobert's won it three of the last four Giannis was the only person yeah. to win it in 19 and uh 20 last guard to win defensive player of the year let's see yeah, 1996, Gary Payton was the last guard to win Defensive Player of the Year. We have to account for positional value with this reward now. I'm not saying centers are not positionally valuable because Rudy Gobert is the single most valuable defensive player that there is. But you give me a choice between Rudy Gobert and Michael Bridges in the playoffs. I'm going to take Michael Bridges. He can guard multiple positions. And honestly, with how the game's evolving, I feel like it's harder to guard um, guards and forwards nowadays because they're so limitless now. You have to be able to guard outside and guard inside them as well. You don't have to do that as much as a center. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it's Rudy will impact the game because it's, he's going to make it hard to score in the paint. He's not taking away the perimeter at all, you know? So I, I just, we got to, we got to listen, NBA, we got to do better. Positional value has to be accounted for. Got to step up the game. But but next, sixth man of the year. Um, it's minus 10,000 Tyler Hero, so I don't even think that we should bring up anybody else. But uh, I'll let you talk about him for I a mean, little bit. Tyler Hero, Jack Harlow's personal trainer, probably flies <laughs> first class with him. Uh, some might say he's glamorous at the position. But um, honestly, there's there's no other person deserving of this award. Uh, his averages this year, twenty five and four. You know that that might not seem amazing, but that's leading the team in points for Miami off the bench. Off the bench. And he's shooting 39, 44 from the field. The fact that he has played this well 
compared to last year is just a blessing. But there's no one even close to these numbers that it's coming off the bench. And when you are leading your team in scoring coming off the bench, that says something. He's obviously doing something right. And he he's that spark that they need. You know, we talked about this before. He works better when he's against the second group because he's a very ball-dominant player. He works in the pick and rolls. This is what they needed, and it showed. The fact that he – his stat line would – I know he's still averaging a lot of minutes, but coming off the bench and do that, you don't see that very often. No. Lou Will probably, I don't even think, was averaging 20 off the bench. He, he, Lou Will probably made a run at it. Have they renamed this award yet? This should be the Lou Will Award. Yeah. Either the Lou Will or Jamal Crawford Award or the L.A. Clippers Six Man of the Year Award. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you've, you've pretty much said it all. Tyler Hero has been the hero for <laughs> Miami off. He, he's, he's playing hero ball. Uh, so moving on um, to to the award that has been probably the most highly contested outside the MVP, the Rookie of the Year. Now, Evan Mobley leads this at minus 213. He is my pick because I think that he got drafted into the worst possible position for himself and has made the most of it. Cade Cunningham would have went to Cleveland and been fine. I mean, Colin Sexton got injured, but they probably would have still put him in the lineup, even with Colin Sexton healthy. He probably just would have played a small third. Scotty Barnes went to maybe the best spot a single prospect could have went to. You're telling me he's 6'8", he's a forward who can dribble, and he can defend, and you put him with Nick Nurse? That was a match made in heaven. You know where Evan Mobley got drafted? To a team that just signed Jared Allen to a $100 million contract, had Kevin Love making $30 million, and then after they drafted him, decided to sign Laurie Markkinen, who's also seven foot. So three other guys that play his position. And he's been the greatest defensive rookie we have seen maybe since Dwight Howard. I, I, this guy is an, an incredible. There's a, there's a case to be made. I'm sure you'll make a case on one of the other guys maybe. But Evan Mobley, 15 points a game eight rebounds he's been an above average passer for being a rookie center he's really not even playing he's been playing power forward most of the year he's averaging three assists two blocks and a steal incredible season i think he's the rookie of the year yeah i mean evan mobley i think is the front runner but i think scotty barnes has a chance you know scotty's put up 15 points seven and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, one steal, almost one block a game. He's shooting about 50% from the field. He's playing 35 minutes a night. They are, they're a five seed. You know, we watch that team claw back into the playoff run or into the playoff spots, not even the playing spots. They were down and out. And I think he was a big part of why they were able to come back because they were able to have something that they didn't have before, a big man that doesn't just spin in the paint. So I think it's a match man, made in heaven in Scotty. If he's going to make an all-NBA team, man. Stop the paint. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's so funny. 
I, I just, you know, we, you know, we talked about the Gobert meme. I, I love the the spinning <laughs> Siakam memes. But I think if it's not one of these two, they're insane because Cade Cunningham was out for some time this year. And he has and, the counting stats. Yeah. I mean, who else is shooting on that team? Sadiq Bay is probably the best player, for being honest. Yeah, and Sadiq Bay, what he put up like 40 points in March one yeah, game. So I I agree that it's gotta be either Mobley or Barnes. And to the most contested award, the award that everyone is gonna say that their favorite player deserves it. Um, just to show you how different it was at in the mid- middle of the season, DeMar DeRozan was second in this award uh, on the award chart and in odds. So, I mean, that shows you how much can change in a half a season. It is now Jokic at minus 380, Embiid plus 265, Giannis plus 800, Devin Booker has thrown his name in the hat at plus 775, uh, and Luka at plus 15,000 for the NBA MVP odds. Uh, I think me and you have the same pick. Um, we were on the train for this guy when he won the award uh, last season, and we've been fans of his for a while now. He's the most unassuming NBA player there is. Nikola Jokic is my MVP. He's. I feel like it's pretty easy to see why. Embiid has help. Jokic has not had help this whole season. He's put up 27 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists, shooting 59% from the field, a lower three-point percentage this year, but still respectable at 34%, 81 from the free throw, 62 effective field goal percentage, which is higher than his career average of 58. And he's got a 32.8 player efficiency rating, and he just broke a Wilt Chamberlain record not too long ago for most points in a seven-game stretch. Uh, I don't think there's much conversation needed here. And didn't he come up with his own, like, benchmark? 50,000 uh, 50, or... Yeah, 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 yeah. It was something or, like that. Yeah. Like, like, points assist and... Yeah. yeah. He had, like... I don't want to say most, but, like... I forget what the... fastest exists. player to get yeah. to. Yeah. Or, like, the only player right now to reach that criterion, which is insane because he hasn't been in the league that long. Or playing at that high of a level that long. But what I think is just amazing, Giannis and Embiid are two and three in the running. They both finished with 51 wins. Denver finished only three games behind them. Out of those, out of those two other teams, there's like five all-stars combined on them. Yeah. Jokic is the only one on Denver. And after that, your next best player is probably Aaron Gordon. Yeah, maybe Will Barden. Yeah. Like it's, I mean. They have been decimated this year. And he kept them in the playoffs the whole year. It wasn't like they went on a run. No, yeah. they were there the whole year. They were in the, the conversation all year. They dropped a little bit. They were above six for a while. But, I mean, that's what happens when you only have Jokic as your best offensive player. And, honestly, he might have been their best defensive player. A lot of people think Jokic is a bad defender. He's not that bad. 
I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a great drop defender. It is, it's tough for him because of how unathletic he is. He doesn't got that lateral range. Yeah, I mean, but he doesn't need to. The guy, he's the most interesting player to watch. Like, to me, and it's weird because I was such a big Derrick Rose fan, I'm not attracted to John Morant the same way I was Derrick Rose. I mean, I am because of the dunks or whatever. And he's one of my favorite players to watch. But now, Luka and Jokic are like my two favorite players to watch. And they play such a different brand of basketball than everyone else in the NBA because their athleticism does not match most of the players. But they play – they slow the game down to their pace. You are going to play their style of basketball, whether you want to or not. They're not going to speed up for you. The, the fact that Jokic is able to do at his size, the way he's able to pass for, what is he, seven feet? Yeah, easy. It's, it's insane. Like, imagine Wilt Chamberlain throwing behind the back passes. <laughs> or Shaq. We've, we've talked about that. We said it last year. Yeah. He's the greatest passing big man of all time. Yeah. Who else can say that they're the greatest at something? What? What is this? Like his fifth or sixth year in the league? Yeah, he's twenty six, right? He, barring injuries, and please God, don't let him get injured. But for like the, the next ten years, right? Imagine the assist numbers he's going to put up. There's not going to be a center within a country mile of it. They're like, back in Serbia. <laughs> He's the greatest passing big man of all time. There's no question. There's not an argument to be made for anybody. There's something about those unathletic white boys on the court. I mean, <laughs> mesmerizing. They both got Hall of Fame dimer. I think that's that's why you got that Hall of Fame dimer is because you watch so much of Jokic and Luka. Possibly, possibly. And I'm about I'm about to turn on the stove right here. It's about to it's about to light. One day, we're going to see a Luka Jokic team. I could see it. He is a free agent, you know, and Denver is kind of messing around and not really putting a great team around him. I think he's a free agent soon. Yeah. And, I mean, the Mavs are going to have money coming off the books. We could see it. They don't have have Pingus Pingus. It's not crazy. I mean. It would be amazing. We we saw Kristaps trying to shoot. We know Jokic can shoot. <laughs> so that's going to be scary. We saw probably Kristaps leave about 25 to 30 points on the board every game. Jokic is going to make that up. It's, it's going to be a scary sight. That would be an amazing team. And I, I, think, I think we've made the case for Jokic. Is there anything else to say? I mean, you talk about Embiid. He's had an amazing season. He scores at will from the center position. And I completely understand if you think Embiid is the MVP. I I mean, listen, I know they got James Harden at the deadline. But for that whole first half, I mean, it was Embiid. Ben Simmons was MIA. Matter of fact, he's still MIA. And and the playoffs are coming around. And I don't know why. I I mean, at first it was mental health. I'm not going to make fun of that. It is what it is. If he was mentally ill and he needed some help, fine. That's cool. Uh, all right. Uh, is it still that or are we, pl- are we, are we out of shape? Now it's the like, back. 
Like, if you're out of shape, just say that, you yeah. know? I don't want, I don't like this whole ambiguous thing we got going on yeah. here. I don't know what's going on with him. I just want to know. Because, you know, it, it's sad as an NBA fan. Because, honestly, I'd like to see how him, Kyrie, and Durant would be. That's an interesting trio. And they you could know, use him yeah. against Boston. With exactly. The, with the defense that they play. Exactly. And anything else you want to add for MVP? Yeah, I mean, I think we're off that topic. Yeah. I mean, before before we, because I want to, I want to transition, pivot over to the Nets Cavs game. The Cavs kept it close, man. They kept they, it close. They kept it close, but playoff Kyrie returned. The guy had aim bot the first half. I, he didn't miss. I don't. I, he had it for most of the second half too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this man was unstoppable. 34 points on 12 of 15 shooting. I mean, talk about efficiency. And this man was fasting for Ramadan. I mean, ain't nobody else playing like that. Like, did the vaccine zap everyone else's powers? Like, is Ky- Kyrie might be a genius. Genius. Ramadan, don't take the jab. Greatest NBA player of all time. That's the, that's the formula. I mean, I think the most unstoppable player is Kyrie Irving on the right side of the baseline with the camera facing to my left. <laughs> him him hitting a jab step fadeaway. It can be three, it can be a two, but him hitting that jab step fadeaway on defenders, that's the most unstoppable move. I ain't never seen a miss on that. He did it again tonight, or last night. I, I've never seen anything like it. This man is a problem in the playoffs, and this first-round matchup is going to be exciting. It really is. They really needed that win, too, because had they lost, they would have been in line. If Toronto upset Philly, that would have been potential four games Kyrie Irving could not play. Yeah. So I mean, we'll talk about it in the um, Sixers-Raptors matchup. But Thibel, um, he's not going to be able to play in Toronto. Yep. But some more stats from um, the Brooklyn game. 25 from KD, 34 from Irving. Drummond had 16. Bruce Brown had 18. Claxton had 13 off the bench. Biggest shocker for me, Seth Curry, goose egg for points. That's that's going to be big for him, how he performs in the playoffs. But Nets were looking like they were running away with it for the first three quarters. Cleveland fought back, ended up losing only by seven. It was a 115-108 game. You know, we talked about him earlier. Garland, 34 points, 13-24 from the field. But honestly, I think the biggest performance for him was Kevin Love off the bench, 14 points. Kevin Love stepped up and used that veteran playoff mentality and helped this team almost get a victory. Which is exactly why I think Cleveland will end up being the eight seed. I think they have enough depth to beat Atlanta or Charlotte. Yeah. But, uh, I think I mean, I mean, think you, you touched on everything in that game. I, it did look like Brooklyn was just going to destroy them, and that would have been a scary sight if you're Boston because you'd have been like, okay, well – I guess we're getting first rounded, uh, but um, 
Cleveland fought back. They kept it close. It was a good showing from Cleveland. I'm glad, you know, it's such a young group, and there's not a lot of playoff experience on that team. To, to show that heart, to get that second-half comeback started and really, you know, make a good run at it, it was good to see they'll be able to, you know, they still control their destiny. They just got to win this game. They got to win against Charlotte or Atlanta. They match up well against both of those teams. There's not a lot of size on either one of them. So it, I think it's theirs to lose for the eight seed. And I'll ask you your prediction in a little bit on um, Charlotte, Atlanta. But we also had another amazing game last night. Shout out Minnesota, baby. Timberwolves and, and Clippers. With the the strategic foul out, because when he was in the game, they were getting that booty smack. That Minnesota could not score, and they couldn't play defense with Cat on the floor. So he said, I'm a foul out. He was going to go get his hair cut mid-game. And he inspired that team. Honestly, Cat on the floor last night was awful, and it showed minus 14. I told you. He had probably the worst game of his career. Close. It's up there. He had 11 points, 3 of 11 from the field, (laughs) 6 fouls, and 4 turnovers. He's just out there running Golly. around. His, team, uh, his teammate, though, his teammate was not out there running around. Which one? Patrick Beverly okay. was not just out there running around. This might be the best game I've seen Patrick Beverly play. And you know what? It would not show up in the stats because he had a minus five on the night. But this man. The this, fourth quarter. Yeah, I, that's where I was going. The fourth quarter, specifically the last two minutes, he was coming up with steals left and right. He was very impactful in the fourth. He he played amazing defense in the fourth quarter. That'll probably be the only time I ever compliment Patrick Beverly because I cannot stand him. But Patrick Beverly, he he did say that the Clippers were sorry. And they're one step closer to one, two, three, Cancun. They can be joining they, they the are. Lakers. But you know what? I I gotta hand it to this Clippers team without Paul George and Kawhi, 42 and 40. I'll take that. That's, um, that's, I'll give them props for that, but they, they kind of blew this game. They, yes. <laughs> 16 I, to 2 run in the fourth. Yeah, for it was, to get back it was always a close, it was a close game for most of it. And then we saw Clippers kind of pull away and then Timberwolves went on that run. But, Besides Paul George, I was not impressed with the rest of this team. Paul George had a, had a great night. Play in P was in effect. Yeah. He, he had a great game. I mean, we talk about pandemic P. Past playoff series, the past two years, he stepped up. I think he's he's making up for uh, he the 2020. Luka, but, you know, no, I know. But it is what it is. I, I, I agree on that. But Reggie Jackson – played not up to the potential that he can this man blew a wide open layup in the fourth quarter valuable turnovers for the clippers and if they're gonna make it out as an eight seed they're gonna have to get someone besides paul george to step up you know what's crazy I say, I say, let's just go ahead and start. Let's 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 talk about the Pelicans Spurs series. Okay. But I want to put this in your ear. I just just think about it. 
Woj reported that Zion looked great in five-on-five scrimmages. We know he has been practicing. Now, you know, they're still saying he's not going to play this season. What if they don't play him against the Spurs? I don't think the Pelicans need him to beat the Spurs. I'm going to take the Pelicans in this. I like C.J. McCollum. I like Brandon Ingram. I think Herb Jones is vastly underrated as a defender. They have the firepower to beat the Spurs. It is Popovich. He's going to make sure that team plays almost perfect if he can, but I'll take the Pelicans. What if Zion comes back and plays the Clippers? It's over. No one's guarding him. (laughs) Zubak, yeah, he's a a solid center, but um, their next best forward defender is probably Paul George. Or Robert Covington, who is going to have a hard time with the athleticism of Zion. But at the same time, what if the Clippers win? Does Kawhi maybe come back if they make a deep enough run? They said that Kawhi, they were planning if they won one of the play-in games, Kawhi would be back for the playoffs. That's what they wanted. That changes the whole dynamic of that team. Do I think they beat Phoenix, though? No. I don't. Not even with Kawhi. I don't think they beat them. Do I think they could have beat Memphis? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it depends on what Kawhi looks like, though. Yeah. But but we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. You got me excited. You got me excited for the Zion thing. (laughs) Pelican Spurs. I'm going to take New Orleans. I'm not going to give any stats to back this up. This is a gut thing. I'm only going to do the – these predictions of mine are gut predictions. New Orleans is going to win this game. They're going to get to the Clippers, and Zion is going to play. You sure that's not gas building up? or It might, it might be gas. <laughs> but, no, I'm with you in the same boat. Since they've got C.J. McCollum, they have played a lot better, I thought, especially as a team. I mean, they got back into the playing conversation, yeah. which looked like it was not going to happen without Zion. Could this whole thing with Zion being out of shape and Zion not winning there – a strategic plan by New Orleans? I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, I'm not saying it's it's not, but, like, it could be. I, I get that, like, everyone's saying Zion was out of shape, but you're not what out of shape. What if he's just Shaq? What if he's just yeah. never going to play a regular season game in his career and he's only going to play playoff games? But it's like, are you really out of shape if you're able to do a between-the-legs dunk off of two? I mean. True. You're going to tell me I'm wrong? <laughs> I I mean, he came to the league and said he wanted to add on mass. He added on a, the mass. a lot of mass. I didn't want to say, yeah. But um, I want to, before we talk about playoff brackets, I want to, here's an idea. New Orleans drafts Chet Holmgren. They give him Zion's feeding plan. And they give, <laughs> they give Zion Chet's feeding plan. Like, have Zion order all that gumbo and be like, no, Zion, this is for Chet. You're not eating this. You get this nice apple cranberry salad. I mean, that'd be, a, that'd be an interesting team. What's really crazy, I'm not going to comment on that. But- Come on. Come on. The Pelicans are actually in such a great spot because the Lakers are terrible. Uh, 
thank God the Lakers aren't in the playoffs. So we don't have to talk about them. I mean, I'm talking about them now. But, I mean, they're going to have a high pick. They are. And decent, and, like a decently high pick. And I, you just brought up the Lakers. I, I want to say, Frank Vogel, you are getting screwed by L.A. It's not your fault that they're this bad. Blame Lay GM and Rob Polinka. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, Charles Barkley said, whoever put these old geezers together, that's that's the person who should be taking them the most of the blame. But uh, exactly, they're, not. they're MIA. Hey, Rob Polinka's in, in Cancun already. I don't know. His flight left early. He's honestly, with Johnson. He said, I ain't going to be here for these exit interviews. <laughs> honestly, Westbrook's kind of getting scapegoated too. We knew that they weren't going to play well together. And they just blamed all their problems on Westbrook. I think the problem is that your average age for this team is like 37 years old. Over 30. Only yeah. team with an average age over 30. But enough about the Lakers. We're not going to talk about them. They're not in the playoffs. They're not in the play-in. doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're trash. One, two, three. Cancun. Cancun. But, um, you know, I'm, I didn't do a lot of brackets for March Madness, and mine was busted first round. So I want to do some brackets for the NBA playoffs. I want to hear your overall bracket before we get into these first-round matchups. Let me hear it. So I'm going to take New Orleans to beat the Spurs, like I said, and I'm going to take them to beat the Clippers. I'm going to go Phoenix over New Orleans. I'm going Utah. This is a weird one because Luka has the calf strain now. I don't know why they played him in the last game. If Luka does not play, shout out to Mark Cuban for not, for some reason, saying, hey, don't play him. I mean, I know Mark Cuban's got that type of pull. Let's be honest. The guy owns the team. He could have went down and been like, hey, Jason He's on Kidd. Shark Tank. Yeah, you know, Jason Kidd, hey, you know, where's the Gabagool? You know, <laughs> pull him out of the lineup, whatever. If Luca plays, I'm going to take Dallas because what he's done without Tingus Pingus on the court has been nothing short of incredible. Uh, but I don't see him playing the first game, maybe even the second game. So I'm going to take Utah. Three versus six. Jokic has done everything in his power to get his team here. I just, Curry's coming back. Clay has fine. I mean, he's gone for like 40 the last three games. Jordan Poole's turned into Tyler Hero. <laughs> he's turned into mini Steph Curry. Uh, Draymond Green's back. <laughs> it's Golden State. Like, I, they have too much for one, one seven-foot white man to overcome. So I'll take Golden State over Denver. I'm going to take Memphis. They're going to repay Patrick Beverly. I'm going to take them over Minnesota. Add to the East, I'm going to take Miami over whoever comes out. I'm going to take Philly over Toronto, but I think that's going to go seven. I think I think people are underrating how good Toronto actually is because they see James Harden and Embiid. What I see is James Harden and Doc Rivers. So I know Embiid's going to show up. Is Doc Rivers and Harden going to show up? <laughs> Harden! Harden! It's my Larynx! My Larynx! Harden! Shoot the ball! We're 0 for 27. <laughs> 0 for 27, James. James. James, this is in Houston. It's my Larynx. Embiid, you have 50. I need 70 to win this. All right. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take Milwaukee over my, my Bulls. I don't think this series is going to be close. I mean, 
how the mighty have fallen. We had a great first half. The second half has not been anywhere near as good as the first half. It is what it is. I'm happy to be here. Um, and I'm going to take Boston over Brooklyn, but I don't feel good about it. But I think the defense is going to be the difference here because I think Brooklyn, they just don't play a whole lot of it. So I'll take uh, Boston. Then I'm going to take Milwaukee over Boston because I'm not betting against Giannis. I'm taking Miami over Philly because, again, Doc Rivers and James Harden, I'm going to bet against them in the playoffs until they show me that they can do it in the West. I'm going to take Golden State over Memphis because it's Golden State. And like I said, Jordan Poole is turning into a superstar uh, and Clay Thompson can shoot again. So, I mean, I feel like that's just a splash bros. And then I'm going to take Phoenix over Utah because Rudy Gobert is on Utah and Phoenix doesn't have Rudy Gobert. So I feel like that's, a, that's an addition by subtraction. <laughs> you're not wrong and then i will take golden state over the phoenix suns coming out of the west baby the splash bros are back in the finals and i'm taking milwaukee over miami in a seven game series and give me the golden state warriors in six over the bucks to win the nba finals they're back that's what you're saying Guess who's back? Back again. I mean, I'd really love that to happen. I, I've i never hated Golden State, even when they got KD, just because I was able to see LeBron lose. I love that. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I love seeing that. Um, that man's done a lot of a lot of things to me. He's hurt me a lot. But um, I like I like the bracket. I do. I – um. For me, I'm gonna go each conference first, and then, and then the finals matchup. All right. So we got we got Minnesota as the seven, the nine ten game. I got New Orleans winning, and I got New Orleans beating the Clippers now. I want this Zion plan to happen, <laughs> but um, I got New Orleans eight. So then we got. Suns versus New Orleans, honestly, that's probably going to be a sweep. Anyone who's going up against Phoenix that first round, it's probably going to be a sweep. And then we got Dallas, Utah. Like you said, this is this is going to be interesting with Luka out. I don't know how this is going to go. If Luka is there for at least four games, say he misses the first two, I think they could win this series. If he misses more than two, I got Utah winning. Golden State, Denver. This is going to be my favorite matchup in the first series. I like both of these teams. Sadly, I got Jokic losing as well. But I think this goes to seven. All right. I think that could go to seven, and I'd love to see that because that's seven great games we're going to watch. And then Memphis and Minnesota. Congrats, Minnesota. You're in the playoffs, but you have not won the championship yet. So let's slow our roll. We can't be pulling 
D Wade and Kobe's running up on the scores table, throwing our Jersey into the stands, drinking a beer at the press conference. I, I get that you guys are in the playoffs. Congrats. It's an amazing accomplishment, but there's still work to be done. You're not there yet, but um, honestly, we didn't talk about it a lot in the Minnesota game. D'Angelo Russell, he looked looked amazing last night. And I think we might be able to see more of this. I'm going to be interested in this. But I got Memphis winning, I think, five, five or six. That's where I had. I had it in six. So then we got – we'll go Golden State, Memphis. I'm going Golden State in six. That leaves – I'll say ultimately right now, if if Luka's not there, Jazz are going to win. We'll say that. So I got Phoenix against Utah. I got Phoenix in five at, at most. I I just don't think Utah's good. although they did they did beat him convincingly in the regular season, but Phoenix I think is just something Utah is not going to be able to dethrone, especially in the playoffs because we've they seen. Can, the thing is, they can play Utah style of basketball. Yeah, you know they can slow it down, and they can. We can play a grid and grind game all you want, Utah. They can match up with that. Yeah. Is DeAndre Aiden Rudy Gobert? No. But is he that much worse than Rudy Gobert? That's questionable. And then we got Phoenix Golden State Western Conference Final. I really want to see Golden State back there, but I just don't know if they can. I'm not sold on the defensive end for them. I'm going to go Phoenix and six. Let me pause you right there. I originally, when we first got on camera, I did have Phoenix winning. I've been going back and forth on this the whole episode. It's the Chris Paul curse. I I, I want to see Chris Paul. You know I'm a big hit Chris Paul yeah. fan. I want to see him win a championship so bad. So if he wins, thank God. But I think that they let him get to the finals – and get so close to glory just to rip it away from him and not send him back there. Does Chris Paul stay healthy this whole playoff run? I mean, he already missed his time in the regular season, so hopefully that, you know, stays healthy in the playoffs. I mean, that's – I just – all the injuries in the playoff, it's so unfortunate because overall – He's never like that in the regular season. This is probably his first big regular season injury in a while. I think this this Western Conference matchup right here is the perfect storyline. Yeah. Can Chris Paul get to the finals, finally win one, finally get one. Can Steph Curry finally be the best player on a championship team? Everyone forgets the 2015-2016 because Andre Iguodala won – finals MVP can he get to the finals be the best player on the court win a finals MVP can he do it that honestly playoff Curry is nothing like regular season Curry he's not he's not he's because the game the game slows down yes exactly they're not gonna let you pull up from half geniuses right here we figure we're the wavelength man but um I um 
Honestly, I think Curry could do it. I definitely think he could. After seeing Durant leave, I think Curry has played better than before he's left. I think Curry now could have been Curry MVP 2015-16. I think the MVP conversation has been way harder. That's why he's not top three. We, we don't have to we don't have to see. I want to see him get a finals MVP. Put this to rest. I think people hate Steph Curry because of the KD thing and him going to Golden State yeah. and beating LeBron. And a lot of media hates Curry because of that. But the guy doesn't get the respect that he deserves when we're talking about the top players in the game. Yeah. And he has single-handedly changed basketball, whether we like it or not, whether you want less threes or more threes. People, kids are pulling up in their their youth games from half now because of Steph Curry. And I kind of think Curry kind of got a little robbed of NBA Finals MVP in 2018. You know, it was a toss-up between him and KD. I believe it went like Curry played better game one, KD played better game two, and Curry game three played better, um, KD played better game four and they just gave it to KD because you know it's it's KD you know what I mean but and the way he was able he took a back seat he didn't have to take a back seat in Golden State he took a back seat and you didn't hear anything from him he didn't complain he was like okay and then he took over that role just like that there so I hope that they can get another ring where he is that solidified best player on that team because if not if he's not MVP it's probably going to be Draymond and that's going to be <laughs> hey you know get some more chips with the dip the yeah. podcast numbers just went up Draymond yeah but um that's what I got for my west for my east the playing game I got Charlotte beating Atlanta I I'm a big fan of the Charlotte team I think a couple years from now, they're going to make a playoff run. I'm not sold on Atlanta. Trey Young puts up amazing numbers, but it doesn't translate to winning basketball. Because they have no one else. I know. But it's – I just don't think they're that great of a team. You know what I mean? Where's where's Red Velvet at? Well, what happened? Kevin Herter, where you you been, my my man? Come on. I think – that, that was run, supposed to be the new Splash Bros. It was. Had, you are not Clay Thompson. I... <laughs> but that was a fluke last year. It really was. I that... think they just had their supporting players play uh, a lot better than they had this year. And Trey Young, like you said, puts up amazing numbers. I mean, he. Yeah, but it's just not enough. The dynamo on this team, but Clint Capella is going to give you what? 13 and 13. He's like another Rudy Gobert. He does. Yeah. And he doesn't play the defense that Rudy Gobert plays. And then John Collins. I mean, this guy doesn't want to be here. Then he does want to be here. Then we're not trading him. Then we are trading him. He's on PEDs. Like, I, like what? It's just, there's not a whole lot here outside of Trey Young. And then, so that leaves Cleveland versus Charlotte. I think Cleveland would win that one. I wouldn't say easily, but. I think they just win. So that leaves Miami, Cleveland. I probably got Miami four, four or five. That team is just so deep. That's the reason why they're the number one team. 
Sixers, Raptors. I'm going Raptors in seven. Oh, man. Nick Nurse is an amazing coach. We've seen it before. And I think – I don't think Harden and Embiid are going to live up to the hype. I haven't been sold on them yet. I'm just – It's my Lanix, my Lanix. Harden. And, and, and apparently – He's our, he's on his way to Cancun as well because he he might go for that Lakers job. I don't know why you're you're leaving Embiid and Harden for day to day Davis and a 38 year old LeBron. That's he wants to coach LeBron. He wants to coach in La La Land. But I I don't know. I'm just I'm not sold on Harden and. Embiid playing together. I just don't think for this season they've had enough time to play together where they'll make that long run. Well, I, I mean, I'm sold on them playing together. I mean, it works, right? Oh, I get that, but I mean, making the well, yeah, I mean, making well, the run. It's getting there. I'm not sold on Harden. I'm sold on on Embiid. We've seen him when Harden plays well, Embiid plays well. I'm and when Harden plays bad, Embiid plays well. So I'm not sold on Harden. Can Harden? get rid of the stigma, can Doc Rivers get rid of the stigma, and can they play well an entire playoff series? Minimize, if you're going to play bad, minimize it. Harden, when he plays bad, it's Doc bad. Rivers, when his teams play bad, it is spectacular how bad they play. We got to minimize it. If you're going to play bad, off game. You know, maybe you shoot like eight for 26 or something. It's fine. We'll move on to the next one. Embiid dropped 50. He carried you. Next game, I need you to play well. We can't go 0 for 27 from three. Can't have that happen again. And that's why I'm not sold on Philly. We remember the last time these two teams faced off the playoffs. You remember, uh, right? Kawhi's not there. No, I know, but I'm I'm just saying this is gonna be an exciting series. It is going to be an exciting. It's not, it's not going to be that exciting where that buzzer beater, although. It could be. Although Scotty Barnes could, might turn into Kawhi. He could. I mean, I hope he doesn't travel on the last play because that's the big thing now is, you know, Kawhi traveled on that shot. And nope, uh, it's over and done with now. But this, I think this will be the best series in the East the first round. I, I agree. And then Milwaukee, Chicago. Um, We're just happy to be here, man. I, you know, it, listen, I wanna, to I wanna say Milwaukee in five, but it's gonna be in four. It's yeah, <laughs> we're just happy to be here. You know, next year, next year we'll put a full season together, not just happy. Season, I promise. You know, I've been hearing that since 2019. <laughs> full season I'm, together. I'm year, hoping. I'm hoping. But um, Boston, Brooklyn. Brooklyn and six. Okay. I think um I think Brooklyn's gonna upset him. I I think Kyrie Irving is gonna be out for blood. He hates Boston. Boston hates him. <laughs> He's gonna step on the leprechaun. It's it's gonna be interesting. Does Jason Tatum, who's top five after he gets a cut, don't forget top five. Can Mr. Top Five get a fresh haircut, call the mayor and be like, hey, we need a vaccine mandate in Boston? Honestly, I'm more excited about to see what Jalen Brown does. I watched him in person when I went to Boston the other weekend. This guy did not miss in warm-ups, and he only missed like four shots in the game. I think Jalen Brown 
probably will have just as good of a series as Tatum. Tatum, though, yeah, like you said, when he gets the cut, you know, he's top five. Does he get the cut or not? I think he's got to get a fresh cut. You think he does? He's, he's, he's top five. Remember, Javante Green asked him top five and what? He just said top five. Yeah. Top five of all time? Never know. I mean, know. Fresh cut Jason Tatum might be the greatest NBA player of all time. We have top five fresh cut versus Kyrie Irving's jab step back jumper. <laughs> this is going to be a matchup for the century. But then we, we got know who's losing in this series. KD's hairstylist. They're going to be a national TV again with them BBs and that bald spot. He just Shave can't. it. He just, Shave it all, Go man. bald, KD. Yeah. Go bald. And then we got – we'll go with Milwaukee and Nets first. Bucks and seven. I think it's going to be another seven-game series. And then we have Miami, Toronto. I oh, believe – I believe everyone is vaccinated. On this Miami team, I got NBA casuals. That'd be the boring, the most boring series there is. This game, they're gonna barely get over 100 points. I got Miami winning in six. All if right. that happens, we got Miami, Milwaukee. I'm going Miami. They're back in the finals. I'm going Miami in six. We know how to beat this team. We took away their best defensive option. I just think there's too much there's too much on this Miami team for Milwaukee. You got Jimmy, you got Bam, you got Tyler Hero to worry about. PJ Tucker, I hope can defend Giannis. I'm not gonna say they can. I hope he can. I think we'll be able to contain Middleton and Drew Holiday. Giannis is gonna be Giannis. I think that will be enough. All right. I mean, we've done it before. You, yes, you have. And we've, I think, I believe we have a winning record against them this year. So you have winning Phoenix or Miami? I got. This, you, you're going to make me do this. You don't, listen, man, I did my final speed. You don't just get to say they're going to the finals and not pick. I know. I, I honestly, it's a toss up because this is two great teams. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Phoenix and six. Mm. Maybe Phoenix and seven. Mm. You really want, would you rather it be a sweep or would you rather it go seven? Seven. Yeah. Hate sweeps. Right. Rather go seven. Last time. Um, I watched them in the finals. They tapped out by the third quarter <laughs> against the Lakers. To, to be fair, if they even won that championship, it would have been a Mickey Mouse championship. I got to be both ways with it. Hey, Mickey and A hey, Disney, love that ring. Okay. But no, I'm just saying if Miami won it, it still technically yeah, be yeah, a Mickey yeah. Mouse ring. I, I can't, I can't deny it. But I do think we're in for an interesting finals matchup if that happens because they're very similar. A lot of defense being played in that series. A lot of of missed threes. Defense wins championships. Jay Crowder wanted his number retired after half a season with the team. So (laughs) I'm winning championships. You're right. If you saw that series happen, how do you think that would go? 
Suns Miami. Knicks, Miami. Um, I think the X factor in that series would be the benches. You look at how the lineups match up. Who does uh who does Miami have? Oh, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Lowry versus Chris Paul, two veterans. They're gonna calm their teams down. They can slow the game down. They know what to do in the half court. They're, they're built a little different. Okay, physically. All right, we're not gonna go into that. I'm giving the edge to Chris Paul. He might be the greatest point guard of all time. I, I no disrespect to Kyle Lowry. It's just Chris Paul. Yeah. You get then you go to the two. I mean, listen, man. Devin Booker is a oh, bucket. of course, of course, but a man very dear to my heart. Also plays on Miami, and he's a man they called him the LeBron stopper at one time. Jimmy James Butler, Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets. If he could stop LeBron, I'm pretty sure he could stop Devin Booker. You know, that's that's all I'm saying. So, really, the X factor is the benches. I feel like the lineups are pretty similar. I feel like it would be very close in yeah. terms of the starting lineup. The bench, though, what, what does Tyler Hero do? Because if he continues to put up 25 off the bench, and let's not forget Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo, he's um, getting his legs back under. Yes, I mean – before that 40-point performance against Orlando, it was looking like Oladipo might not crack the rotation. Listen, he, I don't know what it's going to – yeah. Obviously, he's got to play himself into it. Yeah. But he's got the talent. Yes. If he plays himself into this rotation and he can make an impact, that's another guy you got to stop. And it's not like Victor Oladipo can't put up points. He's done it his whole career on very bad teams. Yes. So, I, I it's a very if if this happens, it would be the closest finals out of any possible matchup. I feel like Phoenix Miami would be the finals that would go seven. But I think I'd I would I would have to take Phoenix because of Chris Paul, and if he's healthy, I just I feel like that is such a swing factor. Yeah, I'm. I mean. I Bam, I think Bam Aiton will be an interesting matchup as well. Yeah, because I mean, both of those guys really like Bam last year. I feel like had much more of an offensive role role in Miami, yeah. and this year they've kind of told him, "All right, we're gonna you know be our defensive stopper, put up your points when you can, but let's focus on defense this year." But like we saw when they got to the finals in the bubble, I mean, Bam was out, was out. But, like, even with the shoulder injuries and issues, when he came back, I mean, he played okay. Like, he didn't play like yeah. Bam. But no, I know. He, he's got the grit. Does DeAndre Aiden have that dog in him? Do we got the dog in him? Scared I dogs. I think DeAndre Aiden scared of dogs. I'm taking Bam over Aiden. You know, and, and thank you for bringing that up because a lot of people forget Goran Dragic wasn't in most of that finals either along with Bam. So Jimmy was out there with a rookie Tyler Hero who was mean mugged for some reason. <laughs> right? I mean, he played good, Tyler Hero for a rookie, but I, I don't understand the mean mug. I'll tell you what, I would take Miami over Golden State. I would also take Miami over Memphis, and I would definitely take Miami over Utah. I think the only team out west. Well, I don't know. I might take 
Miami. I think I'd take Miami over Golden State because I think they match up super well. Also, I think Golden State doesn't have much of a bench that can match up with Miami. The only team I think that could beat Miami in a seven-game series, if we're talking peak, like they play every seven game, the whole seven-game series, their best would be Phoenix. Yeah. Because Miami has the deepest bench as, out of any of these playoff teams by like a, a decent margin. Problem is they got to get there first and beat Milwaukee is going to be a tough task. That is. I do I like think you got to. Yeah. Gotta they got to. It's but, okay. We'll do you a favor. We'll take Milwaukee five instead of getting swept. You know, I was ho- I wish that we'd have Miami, um, Chicago. No, no, I'm fine. I uh, want to repeat. No, I uh, just mean like um, for, for the for the brand and everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kind of upset that we made the playoffs. To be honest, I kind of wish we were in the playoffs. Hey, or- Orlando doesn't have that great of a pick now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. We're just happy to be here, man. <laughs> uh, hey, I mean, if you had Lonzo for all the year, the whole year, you'd probably be a four seed. Listen, man, we're just happy to be here. Yeah. You know, we're just... <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm sorry. I I know it's a touchy subject. I won't I won't bring it up anymore. But let's before we go, let's go into like quick analysis. What our thoughts are for each matchup. So you want to start out west or east? We start out east. East, okay. We'll go with the one that we already know: Celtics, Brooklyn. It comes down to defense. If Brooklyn yeah. plays defense, they can win this series because they have the better superstars. I'll take KD and Kyrie over Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but Marcus Smart is going to eliminate whatever guard they decide to throw out there now. To me, they're probably going to put him on Kyrie. I don't necessarily know if I like that. I think they should probably put him on Seth Curry because Seth Curry is going to go through those screens. If you can neutralize the shooting, me and you've talked about this, them losing Joe Harris was huge. Seth Curry has to replace that. Got to neutralize that. You keep him dropping goose eggs all all series, it's going to be tough for Brooklyn to continue to win them because Bruce Brown is not going to drop 18 every game. It's not going to happen. So I think – it's going to depend on how Boston decides to attack Brooklyn, but if Brooklyn plays defense and doesn't allow Boston to do what they've been doing to every team the second half of the series, which is just, I mean, dismantle them on the defensive end, then Brooklyn's going to win this. But uh, I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Marcus Smart's going to have a good defensive series. What's going to be interesting is how – they attack the bench because Patty Mills is coming off the bench and Patty Mills is a good veteran point guard who can lead an offense along with Goran Dragic. I think those two, if they step up, it's going to be hard for Boston. And, you know, Robert Williams went down. That was their best defensive player besides Marcus Smart. How, how they play without him against Brooklyn. That's going to be interesting to see because honestly, We've seen Drummond play well since coming to Brooklyn. I think that's honestly Philly's undoing. That trade, giving Brooklyn Drummond made them a much better team. Yeah. Because Claxton was okay, but he's more suited for the bench. And you replace LaMarcus Aldridge with Andre Drummond. And it's a big upgrade for what they're trying to do. And we've talked about it off screen before. Andre Drummond, what does he do? 
we've always said, besides get rebounds. rebounds. Yeah. And if you can just tell him to play defense. And he's getting in the pick and roll game. Yep. He, I think if they just get him a little bit above what he's been playing before this season, that's all they need out of him. And that's what they've done. If he can keep up that level of play, I think they'll be they'll be okay. But Boston, you're gonna have to rely on your stars. You're gonna have to rely on Tatum and Brown. And will they live up to the hype? Because that's what we've been that's what we haven't seen in the playoffs from them. Brown and Tatum both playing well together. They do it in the regular season, but I don't know if they will do it in the playoffs. But it'll be interesting. Yeah, you're gonna need Jason Tatum to be top five. I, I mean, it really is. He's gonna have to play like an MVP candidate, and we saw it down the stretch. He can do it. He's gonna have to do it for a whole playoff series. And then we'll we'll wipe away Miami four or five. They'll, uh, honestly, they'll just be too deep for whatever they play with their bench. I yeah. And then Milwaukee, Chicago. Milwaukee's I mean, Milwaukee should beat us. Yeah. Uh, Chicago has looked awful the second half of the season, to put it lightly. I mean, they look uninspired. They don't even look like a play-in team. Um, but that goes to show how good the first half was, that they didn't yeah. even drop into the play-in after looking this bad for the whole second half. It's not like Chicago can't score. Levine and DeRozan and Vucevic, those three can put up 30 in any given game. Can they play defense? Can they move the ball and stop getting the ISO situations with Levine and DeRozan? That if they play how they did in the first half without Lonzo, they could take Milwaukee six, maybe even seven. If that happens, I don't see it happening. I see them playing ISO hero ball with Levine and DeRozan on whatever possession, you know, back-to-back possessions. Vucevic is going to play like a bum. Caruso's got a hurt back, so he's not really going to do much on the defensive end, and they're not going to involve Patrick Williams in the starting lineup. He'll be off the bench. So Milwaukee should take this in four. I think the thing is for this series is no one's going to stop Giannis. Giannis, this probably will be one of his best playoff series. Yeah, I mean, Vucevic is god-awful. He's an offensive-minded center. He always has been, even in Orlando. But the thing why I see Milwaukee being able to get by Chicago so easily compared to um, other teams is because I just think there's too much for Chicago right now. There's just too much. We don't have a Giannis. Yeah. You don't have the honest stopper and DeRozan. Yeah, he can defend, but like you said, Caruso's got a bad back. You don't. You just don't know how it's going to be because Zach Levine's not the greatest defender either. So it'll be interesting. And then Philly, Toronto. Toronto has maybe the most versatile lineup in the NBA. If they put all the pieces out there, like Siakam at the five, Barnes at the four, uh, Ananobi at the three, like they can make a very versatile lineup where they can switch everything. And they're very well coached. They don't have a superstar, right? 
I mean, Siakam is kind of that lower echelon. I wouldn't say he's a superstar, but he's kind of getting there. If he continues to improve, I can see it happening. Philly, it's about the stars. Embiid, Harden, that's that's you need them to play like they can. Play like MVPs, they win the series. If Harden and Doc Rivers continue this, like I've said, the stigma that they can't play in the playoffs, and you don't earn that for no reason, right? I know Harden has better stats than people give him, give him credit for in the playoffs. I mean, Harden doesn't play that bad in the playoffs. It's just in the most, the brightest moments, it seems like he fades. And that can't happen against Toronto. This is not an easy first round matchup. If they were playing Chicago, they wouldn't even need Harden on the court. We can't stop Embiid. Embiid's never lost to Chicago in his career. You are playing the hardest first round matchup of any team. Brooklyn is tough. But Toronto is very well coached. Brooklyn has their holes. They can't play defense. Toronto has no holes. They just don't have the star power. And honestly, Toronto is a deeper team than Philly. They, Especially, are. they, have, a, they have a better bench. You're losing Thibel for three games. at, Or if it goes seven, they lose them for three games, right? Yeah. Four. No, no, three. No, yeah, because Phoenix is home. Yeah. Yeah, or I'm sorry, Philly's Philly. Yeah. Um, for me, it's the role players. That's going to be the key for these teams because we're going to see this Toronto team muster some defense. So that could be it's not going to be the best defense we've seen. And beats and beats going to do great, I think. But I think they're going to be able to defend around Harden, and then our boy Frederico. You're gonna you're gonna have to contain him on offense. We've seen him in the finals before. Step up, he steps up in the playoffs. This is gonna be a big series for one man and yeah. one. Man. It's gonna be a big series for Tobias Harris. Yes, he is going to be asked to do a lot on the basketball court because of his positional versatility. He's going to have to play better defense than he has been most of his career. But now, you know Barnes and Ananobi and those guys—they don't score at will. You leave them open, they will hit those shots. Yes. And honestly, Tobias Harris has not lived up to the hype since signing that contract, even on the offensive end. Nope. So, and what's Tyrese Maxey going to be like? He's going to have to play very well. Yeah, because if Harris isn't going to step up, they're going to look for someone else. Because it's going to be a matter of time. I guarantee within the first three games, you're going to see Harris – not be what they want him to be. This is for Toronto. It's about shutting down hard. Yeah. To me, it's the same. It's the same thing for uh, Philly as it is Milwaukee. You can't stop Embiid. You can't stop Giannis. You have to stop the Middletons and the James Hardens. And that's crazy to say that James Harden, you know, is grouped in with like a Chris Middleton. Cause I'm, I mean, James Harden yeah. is a superstar, but it, like that he's the easier one to stop. How do you yeah. stop a seven-footer who has a Kobe Bryant fadeaway? You don't. You can't. It's impossible. You have to stop James Harden. And who do you throw on him? That's what I, I'm interested to see who Toronto throws on him. On who? To Harden. I think it'll be a group effort. I don't know if they'll have one primary defender, but I think Barnes will get a lot of play on him. I think Ananobi will get uh, play on him. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Siakam on him for possessions. And, I mean, Fred Van Vliet gets very underrated as a defender. He's very pesky. He's a good defender. Yeah. Even though he's shorter, he is a good defender. He's not a liability. 
Because when I was first looking at this, I'm like, did they go zone? Do you think they go zone against this team? They try could. to they try to like kind of trap hard. I think they'll definitely come out in man yeah. to see. But zone it, it could work. And then that that's all first round matchups for the East. West, we'll keep it simple. Phoenix is beating whoever they play. They're gonna blow the yeah. doors off of whoever they Yeah. Play. And then you got we'll go Memphis and Minnesota first. Uh, Minnesota can score. It's going to be tough to stop Cat positionally. He's going to bring Stephen Adams out. He's but you have Jaron Jackson for Memphis. That's a big help. Jaron Jackson's a defensive player of the year. He'll be on Cat more likely than not. But when he's not on the court, that that's the key to me. You have to stagger Cat to be on Stephen Adams as much as humanly possible. Because Jaron Jackson matches up extremely well against Cat because he's not afraid to go out to the perimeter. He's he might be a better perimeter defender than he is interior defender, actually. So that advantage that you think you have in Cat being able to shoot threes at an elite clip and take, you know, any center off the dribble gets taken away. Yeah. So you have to keep him on Steven Adams as much as possible. But Memphis is just deep and they have their role players know their role they don't try to do too much they defer to Morant when they have to Jaron Jackson is you know he's getting there offensively I wouldn't shock me if he puts up 20 points a game this series you know I feel like he's a he's a player that's going to step up in the big time but Minnesota can still score D'Lo and Cat they can all put up 30 you know it's the reason why they had the most points per game in the league these guys can score so I'm going to take Memphis. I mean, we've already had the predictions, but the key the key to me is Jaron Jackson and Cat. That's the key matchup. I think you hit everything on the head right there. And I'm interested to see how the guards play too. I'm in for Minnesota. I'm interested yeah. to see how Anthony Edwards and D'Lo play. Just because they're not the best defenders. And that's another thing, right? Yeah, And for Memphis, Desmond Bain's a good defender. Dylan Brooks is a good defender. They both shoot threes very well. What does Morant do, right? We know Ja is athletically gifted. We know he can score the ball. We know know who Ja Morant is. I want to see him take that next step. I want to see him say, no, Dylan, no, Desmond. I'm guarding D'Angelo Russell. I'm guarding Anthony Edwards. I want that matchup. And? He's got Pat Bev on him, most likely, their first series. He's out there running around. Pat he, Bev had his moment. He's going to be pesky. He, does I mean, he, he's going pe- to he be pesky. Yeah, does he get in the head of Ja? I, we, I mean, they did get into that scrap in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. Is he going to be able to stay composed? That's, that's going to be interesting. But I got Memphis winning this one still. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good series, though. And then – We'll go. We'll go. Dallas, Utah. I mean, we've we've yeah. said what if nauseum. The what if really if if Luca plays, Dallas can win this series. I just don't see Luca playing. I and it's not. It's just to me, it comes down to Luca will be the best player on the court constantly. And we saw it against a team that you know a Clippers team that was just as good defensively as this Utah team. He still did it. 
You know, he still took them the distance. What was it? Six, six yeah. games. And they almost won. So it's just Luca is that special that he can carry this Dallas team. It's just, if he's not going to play, they don't have anybody. Yep. It's going to, they don't Who's have another star. Jalen Brunson. Is that yeah. the next best Who's player? Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, like, I, it, it would be Utah easily. With Luca on the court, like you said, it's going to be too much. And Utah has not played well in the second half. They have not looked good. They're losing one of their – they lost one of their best key players in the playoffs in Ingles, too. He always used to step up for him. And Utah does not have good credibility in the playoffs. They beat um, the Thunder in 2018. What have they done since? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, Donovan Mitchell hasn't – looked to me like he took the next step since yeah. he's been 24 and 5 and 5 for his whole career yeah so it'll be interesting but if like you said if Luca's not there it's got to be Utah this team without Luca for Dallas they're not that good they're probably you know, a play they got, yeah they got even that I don't yeah know if they, even that. they got rid of Zingas to get Dinwiddie because Jason Kidd wanted to take the ball out of Lucas' hands so he could get rest. Yeah. That was the only strategy there in that move. It wasn't, well, Spencer Dinwiddie and Bertans is better than Perzingis. I mean, I think it's negligible, honestly. I think they would have been the four seed with Tingus Pingus. It was literally that Dinwiddie can control the ball. He's a good enough ball handler. He can run the pick and roll. We can give Luca breaks as an off ball guy. That was it. So yeah. their whole strategy this whole half, second half has been. Just get Luca rest here and there. He can carry us the rest of the way. So without him, I don't. This team does not move me. They're not good. I think part of the reason why they did that trade too is because no one else wanted Kristaps. They knew they can't, they can't get a big for Kristaps because Kristaps is not a good big. I mean, who are they going to get with that contract? Rudy we're Gobert. Off topic. We're, we're going. No, I, I know. Else. But Rudy Gobert? No. Exactly. The like, part of the re- and I think, I think if if Luca is on the court, that's a good Dinwiddie and Luca. Because I was Dinwiddie running uh second team for a lot of the year. Yeah, they had Bronson. Yeah. Start with Luca. Yeah, Dinwiddie off the bench, that's a really good person to lead your offense. And how does the overpaid man Tim Hardaway Jr. play himself? Yeah. He played, he's played well in the playoffs before. Can he, can he step can up? Can do it again? again? Yeah. He's had a terrible year. It would be the perfect time to rinse that bad taste out of his mouth and out of all the fans' mouths that have had to watch him all year, step up, play well. They have a lot of scoring potential on this team out of the guard position. There's just not a whole lot elsewhere. He's got to start playing like his dad. I mean, <laughs> but um, but, Golden State, Denver to finish it off. I, I, Jokic has nobody. He could carry this seven by himself with the way he's played this year and the way Golden State has looked down the stretch. But with Curry coming back in the last yeah. three or four games, I've seen of Clay Thompson. It looks like he's finally shooting the ball like Clay Thompson again. Jordan Poole, like I said, has turned into mini Steph Curry. 
Draymond Green was a defensive player of the year candidate at the midway point. He, you know, yeah. he's got his whole podcast thing going on. He's the new Charles Barkley. Uh, Draymond Green is an X factor. They don't need Wiseman, you know, so. They got Kavon Looney. And uh, Jonathan Kaminga's look good. Moses Modi has looked okay. Like, it's just too much for, for one seven-foot white guy. Jokic has nobody. Aaron Gordon would have to average 20 points a game this series for them to have a chance. If Aaron Gordon shoots 20, scores 20 points a game and Will Barton doesn't go MIA at all, Denver has a chance. <laughs> That's not going to happen, so Denver has no chance. And, you know, like you said, I, to sum it up, just too much. But kind of thinking, is Draymond Green kind of like the off-brand Jokic? No. For offense? No, the dude scores eight points a game. That's why I said off brand. No, <laughs> I, the, I feel like they're very similar. You know, they're big, they're both good passing bigs. Vucevic is also a good passing big. You don't have, I'm not sitting here asking, is Vucevic the off brand Jokic? I, I'm going to be excited about that matchup. I'm going to be honest. Draymond is not covering Yoki. <laughs> I guarantee he will. At some point, maybe, but yeah. they're not coming out well. Jump ball. No, 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 not jump ball. No. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's going to be interesting. But <laughs> Jokic is going to simply hold the ball over his head and turn around and lay it up. And then, I like you said, Clay getting finally back into the swing of things. I think that's key for the Warriors. That is the X factor. If Clay Thompson yeah. plays like Clay Thompson, <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot because we haven't we haven't seen it often since he's been back. But and that's the crazy thing is out of all Golden State players on those teams, Clay was always the most consistent. Yeah, until the finals. I mean, you you go back to an OKC uh, game Western six. Conference. Yeah, I mean Clay was the only like Curry yeah. was MIA. That's he, the reason they lost. He did, he did it against Toronto, too, until he got hurt. So, yeah. Hey, we're in the middle. He What do he have, like, almost 30 points? Yeah. It's so, – yeah. If he comes back, it's, it's scary hours. And the then, rest. no, I don't think – no one's guarding Curry. No one's going to be able to guard Curry in that series. Yeah. I mean, they'd need Jamal Murray to come back, yeah. and Jamal Murray would have to get some special treatment before the game. And uh, I don't think. <laughs> I hey, don't <laughs> your your beard's looking a lot like Jamal Murray right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think you hit everything on the head for that series. And then uh, we have Phoenix versus whoever comes out. They're gonna get mud stomped. Yeah, I, Phoenix, Phoenix, and four. <laughs> Phoenix and three, if possible. Yeah, I mean, maybe they maybe they beat them so bad game one that the NBA just says, "All right, just just go <laughs> sit down." Get, yeah, <laughs> Chris Paul, we don't want you injured. <laughs> I mean, maybe if Zion comes back, Phoenix and five. Yo, if Zion comes back, Phoenix and four. Would you do you want to see Zion come back? I know you're not the biggest Zion fan, but. I mean, I like Zion. I just I'm, I think some people yeah. crowned him too quick to be. I mean, yes, twenty-seven points a game on his efficiency, very impressive. He's also six-eight. 
and he has a 75-inch vertical. I, I'm not impressed that he can score points. I need to see the defensive impact. That's what I got told when he was coming out of college. He said, this guy's NBA defensive ready, and he wasn't. So he she shows me that, and he shows me more stuff in transition and expands his offensive game a little bit other than I'm going to jump over you. Then I'll be impressed. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. I mean, next time we come at you, we'll be talking about probably middle first round games. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix Phoenix will already be be in the next round. (laughs) It will not be another whole playoff episode. Probably we'll probably mix in baseball or something else. The draft is coming up soon for the NFL folks, you know, Kenny Pickett in his small hands. He's got a meeting with the Panthers today. I don't know why, but uh, listen, yeah, some, average is okay. All right, some, some, stop making fun of his. The Jets are trying to trade for Debo or DK or AJ Brown. You know they're out here making moves. I, I saw something, and I was this guy was like, "Hey guys, I'm a." Di-, it was on like some Reddit page. Hey guys, I'm a diehard Niners fan, and. What if we did Denzel Mims and picks for Debo? And I'm thinking, you're going Denzel Mims from Debo? That that's no. We come on. I mean, out of those three, DK, AJ Brown, Debo, DK is the most likely to get moved. Debo is probably the second most likely to get moved, if we're being honest, because we've already paid George Kittle, we've already paid Fred Warner. You know, he's going to want a lot of money. I feel like before this offseason, 100% he's going to be on the team. Now that every wide receiver under the sun is getting $30 million, I don't, I don't know. You know, Listen, Christian, he, Kirk, Christian Kirk changed things. He did. And I'm not saying Christian Kirk's bad, but he's not worth $17 million yeah. yeah. a year. Definitely not. But good for him for getting that contract. Yeah, good for him and his agent for yeah. screwing Trent Balky one more time before he gets fired. But um, you know, collectively, I think we've probably have more student debt than what the Patriots have spent in this offseason. Well, I mean, I bought MLB the show, so I spent more money than the Oakland Athletics owner yeah. in MLB free agency. I so I have not bought MLB the show yet, and I played it against Merrick, and I did not have a good time. <laughs> I he had Degrom, and I had one hit the whole game. It happens. Uh, it happens. I, I don't know if I'm going to be buying it this year because I already have it. I already have 21. That's I felt like I was playing the same game. I'm going to be honest. But um, yeah. I I anything else you want to add before we sign off? I think that's it, man. You know, next mm. time we'll probably be talking some baseball, maybe a little bit of football news, definitely the playoffs. So, you know, we're getting back to variety. The last couple episodes have been their own thing. We're gonna try to get back to variety. Variety, I love it. Love it. But um, yeah, that's all for you guys today. Thank you guys for joining in for another episode. We really appreciate it. And until next time, you guys have a great one. See you.